Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 33, where we're discussing the 23rd Psalm from season 2 of Lost. I need to talk to you. I need a little of confession. You cannot wait. Bless you. God be with you all, and please come back in the morning. How dare you come here and disrupt my walk? Have you reconsidered? What? My request. Flying drugs under the cover of the church? How's that something I could ever reconsider? Hey, don't touch those! I'm going to make this easy for you. You will make us priests and we will fly the drugs out ourselves. Make you priests? Just sign these ordination documents and I will give you the money for the vaccines. Leave this church now, Echo. Go, now. Hear me? I understand that you live in a world where righteousness and evil seem very far apart. But that is not the real world. I am your brother and I would never do anything to hurt you. But my friends, if you do not do what I ask, they will burn this church to the ground. Is that worth less than the price of your name on a piece of paper? Think of the life you will save. My signature does not make you a priest, Echo. You could never be a priest. How many of the statues you have left? The Virgin Mary statues, how many? I have a 300. I will take all of them. I guess we are both sinners now. Perhaps we are. But God will forgive me. Echo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 33 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And like I said, we're discussing uh, the 23rd Psalm from season two of Lost, a Mr. Echo-centric episode. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, but I think the first thing we'll do is just jump into the episode, talk about it. Sounds good. So what do you got? Well, obviously, um, this this episode threw me for a loop because Mr. Echo, I mean... I, I I knew nothing about him other than what I saw on the island. Right. And um, this episode brought a whole different perspective to Mr. Echo. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, uh, there's a lot that we need to talk about with this yeah. character. But yeah, um, just just for me to start it off, um, I, I, the first thing that I saw was um, Mr. Echo as a, as a, as a boy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously I couldn't tell which one was which until he's, you know, the, the his younger brother was put in a position where – uh, he was either going to have to kill this man or, right. or maybe killed. And Mr. Mm-hmm. Echo stepped up and as the older brother and 
you know, killed this man. Uh, and it just, it blew me away that, um, for one, that he had to be put in that situation and, and it was just, I was thinking about how hard that would be, but it just showed the character even as a boy, mm-hmm. how he was and, uh, yeah. same kind of guy he is now. Yep. It's kind of throughout this episode, they, they kind of hint at the fact that, um, you know, Echo has a pretty messed up life, oh, yeah. but it's kind of, you know, if the reason is to kind of protect his brother from, from having that kind of life, yeah, it like in some way allows his brother to have this, you know, faithful, obedient life because yeah. he's chosen this really, you know, opposite direction. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was such a, I mean, you know, you knew kind of the stuff that he was into, right? You know, by you know what they said and just kind of the lifestyle he probably was raised in by you know, but he chose that for his brother. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he got caught, you know, caught up in it and tied to it, but it was either him or his brother, and he knew he could handle it. You know, and just such a character thing for me right. with him. You know, mm-hmm. the next thing I had was a mystery here. Um, Clear tells Echo about Charlie carrying around the, Mar- the, the Virgin Mary statue, uh-huh. and Echo gets very interested. Of course, we find out later why yeah. he was so interested in it, but. Nonetheless, you know, he's real interested in finding out where Charlie found it. You know, it's a real intense side of Echo we hadn't seen at right. all to that point. And um, it starts to come out pretty strongly, and he confronts Charlie about where he got the statue and, you know, calls him out on lying. And oh, yeah. Just totally interesting that, you know, this new Echo started to come out. Yeah, that part um, had me pretty, I don't know, had me kind of... Uh, <laughs> little worried about Miss Deco's character because he, I mean, he had, uh, something different in his eyes, you know? Right. And, um, I guess he, Charlie sensed that fairly quickly. Yeah. And, and of course, Claire wasn't very happy when she found out, you know, that the heroine was in the statue the whole time and Charlie hadn't mm-hmm. said anything about it. Yeah. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so like you mentioned earlier, we find out that Echo grew up, um, to be rather a ruthless drug dealer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was actually a drug dealer or if he was just kind of a, someone who got involved in all sorts of terrible things. And in this one scene, he just happens to get involved. Yeah. With yeah. The drugs. Yeah. I, I, that's what I, I probably couldn't, um, uh, I couldn't really decide on rather he was either involved in this drug trafficking, um, one time or it was, mm-hmm. it was multiple times or just, it just seemed like he was kind of that bad guy that was, you know, uh, involved in a lot of stuff and people took him seriously, you know? Right. What I found to be really interesting though, is, is how Echo's portrayal of the character up to this point hasn't hinted at all at how violent and, you know, messed up his past was. Oh yeah. And of course, I mean, a lot of this is just that, um, you know, he as an actor wasn't given the whole backstory of his character from the beginning. They kind of, the characters on the show, the actors on the show, don't mm-hmm. know from one week to the next what's going to happen. They oh, really? just get a script for that week or probably maybe a week or two. But nonetheless, Echo probably had no idea or the actor that plays Echo had no idea that this is what his past was going to be. Mm. Um, but I, th- I just find it interesting that he wasn't given any direction to kind of suggest that, you know, yeah, you're on this island. We don't really know anything about you. But just for your reference, you know, you're coming from a really really violent and, you know, somewhat evil past. Right. Yeah. Just to kind of reference that. Cause it was definitely out of the blue, um, in this episode. Oh I yeah. Thought. As he stepped out of the vehicle as a, mm-hmm. in a flashback there, I mean, I went in my notes here. I just put 
Echo looks scary. I mean, I yeah. mean, somebody you did not, I mean, you knew that and people around him, the way they acted, mm-hmm. he was a guy that you didn't want to mess with, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, uh, he's I mean, scary. obviously I, I thought he was a guy you didn't want to mess with in previous episodes cause he's huge and mysterious, but never seemed, um, ruthless. Right. And that's how he came across, um, in the flashback scenes. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the next thing I had was sort of a mystery here. You know, Echo knew about the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew that Charlie had gotten the statue from the plane mm-hmm. and how I, I remember watching the episode and how odd and mysterious it was that echo happened to be connected to this plane in the middle right. of the jungle somehow. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, in my thoughts last night, I was like, they're going to show me my brother on the lost uh, and loss. My brother will end up being on loss somehow <laughs> because like everything is happening. It's like, you know, all these people's lives are somehow connected to this island, you know, mm-hmm. even to this plane. I mean, that went down years ago, went down on this island. You right. know, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to find out something about my own life on this, on this yeah. show or something. <laughs> I mean, it's just, but it's crazy. And, and the fact that it was that plane mm-hmm. had that particular cargo in it. You know, and just and just the odds of right. someone being on that plane from you know Australia, and happening happening to crash on that island right. where another plane that he was connected to happened to crash on that exact same island. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't know why why Mr. Echo was going to the United States or why he was right. in Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I, I mean, it is it's just a very weird connection. I mean, but once again, it points to that the island. It was bringing the people that it wants there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely some crazy stuff going on there. Well, I had a, a bit of a mystery in myself is, you know, whenever uh, Mr. Echo got attacked the first night, mm-hmm. um, to me, that was an indication that they were going to take him. Right. Because he was a good soul. But now things point to the fact that he's supposed to be on that island. Mm-hmm. Maybe they were just trying to restrain him. So that because they knew he was tough and right. bad, you know, uh, and they end up killing two of their their people. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this, I had thought that you know, because I had assumed that he was a good soul, mm-hmm. uh, and then in this episode, it actually says in one scene, you, "I know who you are." You know, they say they're right about you. You don't have a soul, right? You know, I'm like, uh-huh. whoa. Yeah, you know. it makes you wonder. I don't remember if they actually said or if Echo said in that in the other 48 days if they were actually trying to take him or if he just caught them trying to take somebody and beat him down or no, I mean, it didn't say, it didn't say, I just assumed because they are grabbing people and snatching people. Mm -hmm. And if they would have grabbed him, obviously he went to like defense mode and killed him, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's, that's really interesting because if the whole purpose of that list was to get the good people kind of out of harm's way or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, and they were starting to take him, it either suggests that either he's had a major change mm-hmm. since then, which we can talk about in a little bit, sure. or that they didn't know who he was mm-hmm. well enough to know. Right. Uh, the next thing I had was a, a mystery as well. Um, Echo finds, you know, the man in the priest outfit that Locke and Boone found earlier right. that had the gun. Um, it ends up that Echo knows the man mm-hmm. and says the, that he saved his life. Right. Um, as it turns out, Echo's brother was one of the priests on the plane they found in the jungle. Yeah. He was inside of the plane. And um, he ended up getting onto the plane in Nigeria 
to keep Echo from getting on, apparently yeah. having some idea of what was going to happen uh, to Echo if if he got on the plane. Yeah, yeah. And um, Echo being dressed as a priest when the guys from the military found him, you know, kind of adopted the persona of a priest for himself. Right. Yeah. Kind of to escape from them, I guess, in some way. And um, But all of this reminded me, you know, Yimmy's prediction of what would happen to Echo reminded me of Claire talking to that psychic oh, before, yeah. before she left for the island. Yeah, and definitely. And it seemed really similar to me. Yeah, you're right. I, I didn't, I mean, I was trying to get at why his brother didn't want him to get on that plane. I mean, like he obviously knew something, but mm-hmm. I mean, what I, what I saw was him being pulled onto the plane, his brother being pulled on the plane, not that he went voluntarily on the plane because he was trying to ask Echo to stay Right. With him, you know. Yeah, I guess maybe it wasn't that he, he took Echo's place. It's just he was trying to keep Echo from getting on the yeah, plane. Yeah, exactly. And ended up getting pulled on himself. Yeah, and then the friend, or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, boots Echo out. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't That's what I was wondering. I was like, did he, I mean, did he have some kind of like divine, like, like, you know, indication that this mm-hmm. was plane was going to go down? And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know because he acted like he knew something. Yeah, something for sure was going to happen. Yeah. What's interesting though is you wonder if if what he knew was that the plane was going to crash or that Echo would end up on this island. Yeah, true. Or what exactly he was so worried about. Mm-hmm. Which uh, would be really interesting to know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the next thing I had, um, we finally get a good look at the smoke monster. Oh yeah. Which is probably the biggest thing this episode is known for. Um, it comes out of the ground and finds Echo and, you know, it remains in front of him for some time. Uh And as the camera kind of passes through the monster, we can see flashes of, from what appears to be like different parts of Echo's life. Yeah. I think there, there are a couple of scenes that we saw earlier in the episode that appear again within that cloud Mm -hmm. or the smoke. So it's kind of like it passes in front of him does kind of um, a review or analyzes Echo's past. Right, yeah. And then basically leaves. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was watching that, and I noticed the, the flickering, and my wife's one to point out, says, you know, it's it's looking and, and seeing his past and mm-hmm. seeing, because I couldn't exactly tell what it was showing. But, mm-hmm. um, and the, I was trying to think of back to what Danielle said about it, that was security system. Right. You know, and I'm like, Okay, what kind? What security system? And okay, it's scanning these people, mm-hmm. and what is it looking for? It's right. killed some, mm-hmm. and it's and, and Echo stared right at it. It didn't do it. And then the other only person that's had that type of encounter was Locke. Right. And once again, we've already established that they're very similar characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't put my hand on or my finger on what what it was actually looking for something good right. or something bad. Uh-huh. Well, I, I have a thought on that. Okay. We can see what you think. Um, if we know that these others made a list of people to get mm-hmm. based on who was good and who's bad, um, it seemed, and if, and if this smoke monster is in some way controlled by them, it's true. it could be like their agent that's going out to find out who is good and who that's is bad. That's true, yeah. To determine who they should be capturing and who, should they, who they should leave there. Yeah, it, it could be, yeah. But what I thought was interesting is, you know, is this what happened to Locke when he saw the monster the first time? Was he standing there and the monster came up in front of him and kind of examined him? Because he had a similar response. He yeah, wasn't he afraid of it. Right. And Echo actually says um, that I was not afraid of it, mm-hmm. just like Locke did. Yeah. 
And it made me wonder, you know, because the second time Locke saw the smoke monster, it was a very, very different response. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Like, like we discussed. So it's like maybe the first time it sees you, it just takes a reading, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. The second time, maybe it's had the time to process the information. Maybe it's taken it back to the others, gotten, a, you know, orders on how to respond to that person. Yeah. And then it comes back the second time and deals with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, it's definitely super, super intriguing to to see how that smoke monster is connected to these others, if at all, you know, yeah. and especially if it's a security system, like Danielle said, it's, it would kind of, um, support my theory that it's there to right. figure out who and who is and isn't a threat or evil or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still, I mean, obviously I don't know this whole, I, I mean, obviously I got my theories and stuff, but like, what is it a security system for? Is right. it, I mean, obviously for the island, mm-hmm. for the experiment that I think is going on, but what it's protecting against? Is it trying to take people out that's detrimental to the experiment? Mm-hmm. Or is it trying to keep the people in that are supposed to, you know, it's just it's just back and forth thing in my yeah. mind. But it, <laughs> it was an awesome look at the, so, the smoke monster. I, yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting there. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Michael, um, you know, he wants to take Kate's shift so he can go into the hatch and, you know, talk more with Walt on the computer. Oh yeah. About that scene. Yeah. You know, we talked about a little bit, uh, a little bit of it last time because the, uh, Mr. Echo and, um, I forget who else, um, was watching the, the training video. Oh yeah. Locke and Mr. Echo were watching it together. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought somebody else was involved, but, but, um, you know, it said, do not use this computer for anything other than putting mm-hmm. in the code. Right. And immediately after, it seems like Michael's yeah. chatting Using with walls. Using it for something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, as a father, I I, I can I, I know exactly what Michael's doing. Mm-hmm. Any contact he can have with Walt right. is great. But I'm thinking, how is, I mean, what what is this? I mean, is this, once again, going back to our um, virtual reality. Right. Okay, Michael's taken out, or excuse me, Walt's taken out of it, but he can communicate with his dad through right. this. Uh-huh. Kind you know? of he can communicate through the matrix from yeah, the outside. Yeah, from yeah. the outside. <laughs> you know, hey, dad, what's up? You know, yeah. um, he knows what's going on, but Michael doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and but I and I think that maybe maybe somehow, but he says, you know, the others will be right back. You know, I have to hurry up in this episode, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking. You know, or maybe he is detained somewhere on this island, and right. he's got found. You know, he's got this. Maybe his life isn't bad over there where he's at. He's got a computer. He's got all this yeah. stuff. And, but how, how... His own little bedroom. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Well, he got his iPod, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm like, what in the world? How is he chatting directly to Michael? I mean, mm-hmm. this is like some old school, you know, computer he's working yeah. with there and just so happened to be chatting yeah. to this, you know. Uh, but it seems to me maybe he's in some kind of command station or mm-hmm. and it's a link directly. Right, maybe you know? maybe they've got Walt, you know, captured in one of the old stations yeah. or something, and, and yeah. they're 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 linked together mm-hmm. somehow. And Walt stumbles across this and starts just typing, and yeah, you know, but it is very very interesting. And I, you know, um, I thought for sure he was caught when Jack came in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and then he looks at the screen, and the screen's blank. I'm like, right, like, I didn't see him hit delete. Yeah, so I think that was I thought that was interesting too. Like. I don't think Michael did anything to hide it. I don't Mm-mm. think he would have known what to do, but whoever was on the other end, Walt or not, did something to kind of keep Jack from seeing. See, and that makes me think that it's not Walt. Right. Because 
it was Walt, Walt's a kid and he wouldn't be trying to keep anything for any, anybody. Right. Um, but if it is the others toying with Michael or doing something there, mm-hmm. they would know because they're monitoring this whole thing. They would know right. that Jack came in and they could wipe out the screen and then bring it back whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Now what's interesting though, is if it is the others, I mean, this is really the first direct contact, you know, mm-hmm. that they've had with him. And well, other than, um, of Ethan, Ethan, yeah. Ethan yeah. and, and the, um, Goodman or good good one. Yeah. 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 Right. True. But it's like, um, why would they go this route of just, you know, talking really cordially with Michael rather than attacking them or, or something like that? Maybe they're trying a new strategy to get in touch with these people or something. Well, I mean, this is once again, this is going out of limb here, but you know, Michael's had distance between him and Walt before mm-hmm. and his communication was non-existing. Right. And I feel like this whole thing with Walt being taken can be part of what Michael needs, you know, to right. go back after. And we talked about this a little bit before that he gets the opportunity to go after Walt again and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight and communicate and communicate and communicate. Right. And what will he do with those opportunities? So once again, just the idea of Michael's redemption. Yeah. It's like sort of like lots of different things working towards the goal of mm-hmm making Michael take responsibility exactly. and give the proper amount of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just try as hard as he should have been right. trying. Will all choose time. Walt over mm-hmm. anything. Right. You know? Yeah. Good point. Great stuff there. Uh, character bit here. Um, Charlie asks Echo if he's a priest or not. And mm-hmm. Echo says, yes. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's as if his life experience with his brother, you know, changed him and brought him into a relationship with God and, as a result, Echo's prayer, you know, also reminds Charlie is his, of his past faith. Right, yeah. And uh, it made me think, you know, Echo goes from no faith to faith, mm-hmm. and Charlie goes from faith to no faith, and then seems to be coming back again to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I just I just think it's interesting to, to think about what has happened to Echo since we saw him, you know, sitting on that, you know, runway. Oh, yeah. And what's caused him to become the person that he is now, and is that truly who he is? Or, I mean, I don't think we have any reason to suggest that he's pretending to be a normal, nice guy for some reason. But it's interesting to see um, where his character is going and if, you know, hopefully what happened to him that changed him. Or maybe it was just the fact that his brother was pulled into this situation because, you know, no fault of his own. Mm -hmm. It was just Echo being involved in the stuff that he was ended up pulling Yimmy in and got him on that plane. And now he sees it actually killed him. Yeah, it was definitely, I think, a it was like a full circle um, mm-hmm. that happened there. I mean, from the beginning of the this the um, this episode, uh, Echo steps up, shoots a guy, mm-hmm. and then his brother gets shot right. because of Echo. Mm-hmm. And then Echo's laying there after his brother's already lived this life, you know, of serving God and, mm-hmm. and doing the right things. Uh, and Echo doing the other. Now it's like switching again. Now Echo has that opportunity mm-hmm. to do what's right, you know. And and I, I even in my mind imagine Echo like leaving there, going back to where the church was, and really just starting to pour into those people, you right. know, and apologize for mm-hmm. his life and and really becoming that person. And, and that's what I I hope happened because right. it seems it seems genuine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. I mean, especially even in his eyes when the the, the guard asked him you know, father, you okay? You could see almost a change in his eyes. 
Right. Like, like this yeah, is kind I, of yeah, having that opportunity, wearing that, you know, uniform, mm-hmm. he, he kind of got a peek to the inside of, of what it's like not to be in law, involved with this life yeah. of crime and stuff. And maybe just for that brief moment of the guy saying, you know, Father, are you okay? Like just the attitude of that guy towards mm-hmm. him being so different than people are usually towards him right. was enough to make him want to do something better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a great, great point. Uh, the next thing I had here, um, you know, sadly, Claire has decided to kick Charlie out of the tent, mm-hmm. um, putting an end to their relationship, it seems like. And uh, Charlie walks out into the jungle and we see that he has several of the Mary statues mm-hmm. hidden. Um, he adds another to the stash and um, it just things aren't looking too promising for Charlie no. um, and his clear situation at least. But more importantly, this whole drug thing, yeah. I mean, either he's just kind of, you know, making sure he has something set up in case he does relapse or he's planning to relapse. And either way, he's just kind of in a, a real bad headspace yeah. with, oh, yeah. with the whole thing right now. I mean, Mr. Echo, you know, he had given Charlie this statue again because he destroyed the first one. Mm -hmm. And then he burned the plane with all the, you know, other statues and bodies in it. I was, and they started reciting, you know, Psalms 23. Right. And I was hoping whenever Charlie joined in, he would take the statue and throw it in. You know, symbolizing he was getting rid of it again. Again, yeah. You know, and that's what I thought, you know. I mean, he, you know, he threw it in the fire last time, and I was thinking, oh, he's going to have a chance to do the same thing again, you know, throw this in the fire and put it behind him. But he didn't. Yeah. Well, and, and then we find out he had even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just so, I feel so bad, I guess, uh, for Charlie because, well, mad and angry, Yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that there is such a parallel between the first time when Locke got him to give up his drugs, you mm-hmm. know, the fire, him throwing it into the fire, and <clears throat> it's almost like this was test number two. Yeah, exactly. And, and he didn't. Echo started the fire. Exactly. And he didn't throw him in this time. And it, Yeah, and the fact that it was Echo and there yeah. is so many. But yeah, like I said, I'm sad but angry at the same time mm-hmm. because, I mean, you know, he has come so so far. Uh, but I guess it does just show the depth of the the addiction and the roots. Yeah. And, and now he has, to his defense, he hasn't relapsed. Yeah. He true. says it's just a comforting thing to know that it's there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, maybe that truly his motivation is he wants to, to prove to himself that even though he's got this giant stash waiting for him, mm-hmm. he's choosing not to use it. Right. And that could be all it is, but mm-hmm. they definitely made it seem really dark. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, when he put it in there, it was kind of like a really depressing moment almost definitely Charlie yeah definitely but yeah I mean um yeah that's all I really have got about that but anything else about the episode that comes to mind for you um no I mean obviously like we said uh you know Miss Neko we we get to see a a huge character bit in in this for him and um, I'm excited to see where where that goes um I'm also uh excited to see where um Charlie ends up, right. you know, um, you kind of see this, uh, I see Echo's character changing pr- yeah. uh, from here on out, yeah. you know. And yeah, and like like we mentioned, I think there's probably a conversation we could have had about um, this whole mystery of Echo being tied to this plane oh, yeah. that ended up on this island. I mean, were the numbers involved at all? Right, you know, yeah, or, that's... Or not, and, but... 
That's what I wondered. I wondered, I mean, I was like, did the, I mean, was the plane, did it crash there because that, the, the island knew that, mm-hmm. or the, these people knew that Miss Jacko would be there eventually, you right. know, had, mm-hmm. you know, had he never been a part of this whole thing in their eyes, maybe his brother would have made it over to the United States, da, da, right. da, da, mm-hmm. but was this part of the whole plan right you now? But yeah, it's a great episode. Um, nice to get to know something about Mr. Echo, and I'm sure oh, there's yeah. more to come. But if, if that's it, I guess that's we'll it. get into our listener feedback. All right. Uh, first thing here is an email. It's from Dan Notov, N-O-T-O-V. I hope we're pronouncing your name right there, Dan. Uh, but he says, hi, Anton and Evan. Um, I'm enjoying listening to your podcast. It is a new twist on the usual episodic deconstruction and reconstruction going on in the lost fandom. I do have a comment about Alvar Hanzo. I've always thought of Hanzo's character as a nod to Alfred Nobel, a Nobel best known for underwriting the Nobel Prize, first made his fortune by inventing dynamite. In later years, he donated his fortune to honor outstanding achievements in physics, chemistry, medicine, literature, and for work and peace. Mm -hmm. I look forward to new installments of the Lost Mystery Podcast. Thanks, Don, very much for your email. And I I have to agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know really other than the name and his, you know, association with the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. This, do you remember the clip from the orientation video? The guy standing yeah. up in the office uh-huh. window. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of like this guy is this rich guy who was involved with something at some time that made him rich. Yeah. And then maybe since then he's become sort of this pillar of the Dharma Initiative. Yeah. That's, you know, funded it and all of the research in these ver- various scientific fields. So I think that's a, a really good point and. We don't know much at all about Avar Hanzo, and I really don't think we know much more now than we do, no, really. <laughs> we do, we do in this in season two. But it's definitely hinted at a lot, and there. But yeah, that's that's some really great thoughts, Dan, and thank you for your email. Our second email is from Amy Pitt, and she sent us in a couple of notes here. She says, "Hey, Anton and Evan, uh, my name is Amy, and I live in Aus- I'm an Australian. Um, I just discovered your podcast and wanted to say I think it's great." It's really cool to hear Evan as a new listener, or I guess she means Anton, yeah. as a new listener from, from your point of view. I'm a diehard Lost fan. Um, I own all of the seasons and watch them more times than I know. So I thought I would email in some of the clues, secrets, or coincidences that I've noticed. Uh, the first one I can actually take, I, I can't actually take credit for noticing. My dad, who I now have turned on into a Lost fan, spotted this one. It is at the very start of the episode, Hurley is holding a milk carton, that written on the side has a missing person ad for Walt. This is seen um, in his daydream. I think it was either just before or during Jen speaking in English. And the second one I noticed took me a while to believe. A lot of flickering between DVDs. It was that if you take a closer look, you see that Hurley's boss at Mr. Clucks, Randy, is a character we've seen before back in Season 1, Episode 4. During Locke's flashback, we see Locke being picked on at work by an annoying boss, Randy. Despite the gross facial hair, definitely the same person. So yeah, that was all I noticed during this episode, but I'll keep listening and maybe email back for your next next podcast. Thanks again for the podcast. I think it's the best fan podcast on iTunes. Cool. Thank you very much, Amy. And that was all up from the Everybody Hates Hugo episode yeah. um, is when she sent that in just for everybody's reference. So two things here. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, that Walt was on the milk carton as yeah. a missing person. Yeah, I did notice that. Um, you did notice Did that. not. Did not. Okay. Did not. Okay. 
I yeah, I can't quite reconcile in my mind why he would have been marked as a missing person. Uh, well, I mean, he's missing now. <laughs> you know. So he's standing in the in the room in the hatch, uh-huh. going through all the food. Food, yeah. He picks up an, a milk carton, and Walt is on the side as of a missing, missing person. Kid. Huh. You know, I, I'm thinking, and didn't at this point he was taken. Right. So. Well, yeah. Right. He was taken. Okay. And it's like, is this Dharma's way? Yeah, Dharma has their own little missing children program. Yeah, they put, well, just to put it back out there. I mean, I'm wondering, like, what if, what if Michael runs into this milk carton, you know? It's uh-huh. like, you know, notices it or just, I just wondering, like, what, what, I mean, there's like a little inside thing they did to notice yeah. to see if we notice it or. That's crazy. Like if you start thinking about people involved, involved with the Dharma initiative, uh-huh. making this milk carton mm-hmm. and why would they consider Walt to be a missing person? Right. Like he belonged with them, but he wasn't. Yeah. And now he's with them. But now he, man. Yeah. yeah. That blows my mind. I remember hearing about it, but I never thought about why, why? he would be on the milk carton. Before. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and her, and her second point is even, even uh, uh, that even uh, interests me to a point where I'm like freaked out and I want to go back and see it. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> as I remember seeing, oh, I didn't like you, the boss. Hurley's right. boss, I was like, uh, you know, just one of those annoying bosses. And then I wanted to fight Locke's boss. You know, right. I remember saying that. I was like, mm-hmm. but being at the same person. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking it was a just low budget. Like, I think we can cast him, put some facial hair on him and yeah, do it Yeah, I don't know, because those are prominent <clears throat> roles, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's entirely possible that, you know, Randy started out as a manager at Mr. Clucks and worked his way up to a manager at a box company. Yeah. But, maybe. but yeah, it's definitely an interesting connection that I, I, that one I had never noticed before. Yeah, I hadn't either. Even though it makes perfect sense now, and I know it's the same guy, I just never thought about it. Yeah. I mean, once again, both of these, I'm kind of wondering why, you know, like mm-hmm. why, why, why were they in there? I mean, it's totally interesting and awesome to talk about, but like, right. what's the significance of mm-hmm. it? Well, here's a, here's an idea we have <laughs> seen in, um, Hurley's episode. I forget what the name of it was whenever we found out that he won the lottery. Everybody hates Hugo. Was that the one where we found out? No, no, no. It was, um, the numbers, uh, not numbers. The numbers. Yeah, okay. it was numbers. Yeah. We find out then he owned a box company. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he gave Randy a job in this company that he owned. Yeah, you know what? That does make sense because he we assumed at that point it was Locke's box company. Mm-hmm. Right. But I mean, did he didn't he didn't like Randy, I didn't think. Yeah. No, I don't think Locke didn't, or, didn't I know Locke didn't like him, but I'm saying like oh or did Hugo I don't know. Like I, well him? he didn't when he left his job, but maybe it was one of these things where he met him, you know, two months down the road and yeah. they made up and they were friends and he's like, Hey, I just bought a box company. Do you want a job? You know? and, and I guess he did know that he was a, he was a good manager. I mean, even right. though he didn't want to work for him, I mean, he mm-hmm. did was proficient and probably thought, well, let's send him over away from me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually really, really interesting. Maybe yeah, that's exactly a, what happened. A great email. Um, the first item I remember hearing about, I don't remember ever hearing about the fact that Randy was in, you know, mm. had a spot in two different, you know, people's lives. No, that was, show. that was really, really good catch, Amy, both of them. Yeah. Thank you very much, Amy, for your email. And she's Australian. I mean, yeah. that makes her practically part of this cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. so thank you very much for your emails. 
And our final email from was from uh, Rachel Platt. And she says, hey, guys, I've really been enjoying your podcast. Together, you've come up with some stuff I haven't heard on any other podcast. And that's saying something. I've mentioned you on my blog, jacklovescate.com. Keep up the good work. So, everyone, if you want to go over and uh, give Rachel a visit at jacklovescate.com. And, uh, Rachel, we appreciate you uh, giving us a link on your website. And we've also got a couple of voicemails here that I thought I'd play. Hey, Anton and Evan, this is uh, Steve from the Smokehatch Podcast. Uh, if you subscribe to LPN, you probably already know who we are. We've been around for quite a while. Um, every year we do uh, a Smokey Award show for, you know, the previous season of Lost, and one of our uh, honorary Smokey Awards this year was Best Up-and-Coming Podcast, and I voted you guys, and you guys won for the Best Up-and-Coming Podcast. We got a lot of votes via the email, but that was my... Uh, special award just thought I'd let you guys know I mean you can use this if you'd like to on your show but yeah so you guys want a smoky and uh, I am calling from the smoke catch you'll see it sometime in season six <laughs> all right guys keep up the great work man look forward to the next show peace out thanks a lot Steve um, that's awesome we won our first podcasting award from another yeah. lost podcast Got a smoky yeah that's cool yeah that's really cool i like yeah. that name too that's awesome i did actually check out um a recent episode from um from their podcast and it is some great stuff definitely one of the explicit lost podcasts but those guys have some great conversation about the show and yeah it's um, gave out some really great awards uh for this last season of lost so uh yeah thank you very much and we have one more here Anton and Evan, how you doing? This is Heath from the Lost Revisited Podcast. Just wanted to say what's up, and uh, great job with the new podcast. You really got me hooked. I like that you release three of them a week, but getting ready for this new season, it's just been awesome listening, especially with Anton, um, watching it for the first time, and uh, you're so lucky. I mean, we're lucky we've seen them, we've enjoyed them through the years, but Man, to see him for the first time, wonder what that's like. And Evan, good job with not letting the cat out of the bag, not spoiling it uh, for Anton because, you know, you do such a great job. I was talking with uh, my new podcast partner, Miss Wendy, and we were saying you do such a great job with that. But uh, just wanted to hit on a couple of quick points uh, with the U.S. Marshal and Kate. Um, paraphrasing, and you guys have mentioned this, when the marshal in season one is basically on his deathbed and he tells Jack she got to you too. And he, I think he even says something to the effect of she'll make you feel special, but she just is manipulating you or wanting to get what she wants. And I'm just wondering if it, it seemed kind of weird because the episodes we've seen so far, he's been after her and stuff. Was there any point that they were like, it almost seemed like they dated or she conned him to get away, but it just seems like a simple fugitive U.S. Marshal chase. So I thought that was kind of weird, unless the writers wrote that and then decided not to go to that storyline. And also, I have been cracking up about your Saeed Nadia thing with the whole, hey, maybe two minutes before he boarded, he found out she was dead or something. But the only legitimate thing I could think of was when he's trapped with Rousseau and he's like, I killed my loved one too or whatever, or I'm responsible for her death. The only thing I can think of is he said that to empathize with Rousseau to hopefully she'd let him go and she, he kind of... But then he says that, I think in, greater, in the greater good, he does say it to his old college buddy. 
So again, it might be him empathizing or him trying to get his way in a sense to get released for him not to blow up whatever he's going to blow up in the greater good, but to kind of like get on their level. So maybe he lied. So maybe it's not that he believed he killed Nadia, but that he just did it because the situation presented itself and he thought that was the best line of dialogue to use. Anyway, so who knows? <laughs> but keep up the great work, guys, and I'll be listening. And uh, great, great job. And uh, can't wait for season five. Well, Anton, you you, you have to wait. But <laughs> all right, guys, and remember, namaste, good luck, and... We can't live together. We're going to die alone. <laughs> Thank you so much for your voicemail. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was uh, the Lost Revisited podcast isn't one that I've I've checked out yet, but I plan on it. And I do actually know his co-host, Miss Wendy. I've talked to her several times online, so that's uh, great to hear that she's going to be co-hosting that show. So what do you think? You know, the Marshall and Kate, do they mm-hmm. have a previous connection, maybe somehow, maybe even a relationship? I mean, I made the same comment uh-huh. um, a couple episodes, a few episodes back. I, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't get my mind around the idea that he would make those comments. I think it was actually, um, and what Kate did, um, mm-hmm. uh, the episode where we found, I found that I finally found out when he's up behind her and he's like, don't run Kate, you know? And I'm like, yeah. there's something else there, you know? And I know, you know, and it just, it does. I agree with uh, the caller that it seems like there is something more mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, I don't know if it's going to be shown but later. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it, it, to me, it just seems like there's. it's not just this cat and mouse right. game. Yeah, and like like the caller mentioned too, I think, you know, the marshal did make that comment to Jack about, you know, she got to you too. Yeah. And which, which is, what's interesting about that though is we don't really see anything that's happened yet that would make the marshal make that comment. Like no. he didn't know enough about Kate's past or her character to think that maybe she pulled people in by no. manipulating them. I haven't seen any so, of yeah, that. So, yeah, it does kind of hint that there's either he just kind of fell for her, maybe there was no relationship, but right. he definitely fell for her yeah. in the process of hunting her down. Definitely. So, there's yeah, that's um, super interesting stuff there. Yeah, and the other comment about <clears throat> Saeed, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see where he was trying to get himself out of some situations, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't explain why his relationship with, Shannon right. erupted, you know. Yeah, I posted that message, you know, a comment about this over at thefuselage.com, which is like the hardcore Lost fan mm-hmm. forum. And there's some awesome people over there with some amazing theories. And I wasn't real happy with a, with a lot of the ideas and, you know, thoughts people had about it. You know, it ranged from maybe it's just that, you know, some people believe you can f- and fall in love with a person while you're already in love with someone else. Uh-huh. And so maybe he just got caught up in the moment and all that stuff. And then there were some other people that thought that, you know, there was some other weirder things going on that I can't really go into until you get, you know, get further there, yeah. on in the show. Mm-hmm. But none of them really satisfied me. You know, that Saeed, if he was truly in love with Nadia as much as he they've made him appear to be, uh-huh. you know, would just, you know, oh, okay, I'll go ahead and fall in love with Shannon while exactly. I'm here. And then I'll go back to Nadia when we get off the island. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, definitely, definitely something that we, I can't let go because mm-hmm. it seems too big just to be yeah. you know, easily overlooked, you know? And of course the voicemail, they said maybe that, you know, Sai was just telling Danielle and Assam what they wanted to hear. 
Yeah. Just trying to identify I mean, so they could get out of the situation. And I could see that, but it still doesn't explain the relationship jumps, you know? Yeah, it doesn't explain why he would s- still fall in love with Shannon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for your calls. I mean, anybody that wants to call in, it would be great. We love having your feedback and your interaction with the show. The number is 765-439-4190. Call at any time and leave your message, and we'll be sure to include your message on the show. The last thing I had here before we close out this this show is for those of you who are interested, our good friends over at the Lost Podcast with Jay and Jack um, had the opportunity to watch the first two episodes of season five. And they've done a review, you know, kind of a short review of them on their latest episode. So check them out over at jayandjack.com if you have been watching the show and you want to get kind of a, a sneak peek, even though it's kind of, it's really spoilerish, you can get a sneak peek at what's coming up here in the next couple of weeks. The last thing, the real last, <laughs> the real thing, last thing, yeah, <laughs> is the contest reminder. We are announcing the winner on this Friday's show, just here mm-hmm. a couple of days. So we need to make sure and get in your responses by or before Friday, preferably yeah. by late Thursday. Yeah, we probably need them by then because it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a random drawing, right. and and everybody still has a shot at this thing. I don't even yep. if you you know we've had a ton of people submit. But it's going to be random, so you know, right. if you still want to get involved, uh, make sure you get a hold of us one way or the other. Yep, email us at info at lostmysterypodcast.com with your submission. And for those of you who don't know what this contest is all about, you can go back to episode 25 of the Lost Mystery Podcast and uh, get caught up on what it's all about and still get your entry in and possibly win a lost season on DVD of your choice. So I guess that's it, isn't it? That's it for me. Okay. Well, everyone, until next time, which will be Friday, when we'll be discussing the hunting party from season two of Lost, you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.